1: Hello, everyone. Um, it's just me here. Zoe is uh, otherwise engaged, but I am going to give you a brief update on Prince Andrew's legal situation, because after we finished the recording yesterday, um, there was some breaking news. And this is that Prince Andrew has demanded a trial by jury, and that he is essentially hitting back on the allegations for the very first time uh, that Virginia Giffray's, um legal case against him is being considered by the court. Now, obviously, this has been going on for quite some time, but we have been hearing from a lot of lawyers on both sides of the divide, but this is the first time that Prince Andrew has really put down um, his denials, and there have been an absolute catalogue of them. Yesterday, there were 12 pages of legal documents lodged with the court in New York. There were 41, no less than 41 denials, such as he did not have sex with Virginia Giffray. um However, the real interesting part of the detail is that where Prince Andrew has stated on no less than 40, occasions where it lacks sufficient information to admit or deny certain claims. And two issues that really leapt out of me are, firstly, that he uh, is saying that there is a lack of information about the veracity of that very infamous picture that we have discussed at length with um, him and Virginia Gaffrey at Galen Maxwell's London townhouse back in 2001 and if you recall back in the News Night interview he said that is a picture of a picture of a picture and that his team had looked into it and weren't altogether convinced that it wasn't a fraudulent picture. Well, he has put that on record to the courts now, that, um, as I say, it lacks sufficient information to admit or deny the claims. Again, one of these uh, denials that he is making is that he was, in quotes, a close friend of Galen Maxwell's. Now, this seems to be completely extraordinary, because as we all well know, um, they have been pictured on numerous occasions together. They were friends since the 80s. Ghislaine Maxwell was invited to Buckingham Palace. If you remember the picture of her and Kevin Spacey larking around in the throne room at Buckingham Palace, and again in recent weeks, we've seen that picture of Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein in the uh, in the spot of uh, in Balmoral, which was. Um, sort of compared to the, the the picture of the queen when she was sort of sitting in uh, one of her favorite spots in uh, on her on her country estate in Scotland so it's a very very interesting tact to take perhaps one would assume that he is trying to sort of distance himself from it but this is real bombshell stuff and i um i look at the david boyes virginia guffrey's lawyer's comments last night and they were particularly bullish as well and he said we look forward to confronting Prince Andrew with his denials and attempts to blame Miss Gouffre for her own abuse. So it looks as though both teams are fighting fire with fire. And certainly the people that I have spoken to over the last 24 hours um, close to Andrew are saying... You know he does want to fight his corner this is his chance to clear his name he is um fully prepared to go to trial i think there's been a lot said that andrew would attempt to settle perhaps that ship has sailed whether um miss gafray um has said that uh you know she, she wants to go to court certainly she has said in the past that rich and powerful, those people who have been responsible for such abuses in the past, they need to be held accountable for their actions. And I think that she is definitely prepared to go to trial. And now it seems that Prince Andrew is as well. Well, some may question uh, about his suitability to be put in front of a jury, um, to be put in front of seasoned litigators like David Boys to um, have the pressure that comes with putting himself in front of a, a jury in a civil trial. We've all seen how he um, presented himself at the BBC Newsnight interview, and I think it has been widely regarded that that was an unmitigated disaster. However, all of these things will be picked apart. And I think, you know, I have spoken to a few legal minds over the last 24 hours, and they are somewhere at a loss, to be honest, to to, to sort of describe how he will face this trial. I mean, it is, well, it will be an extraordinary um, event. It will garner international attention. Uh, I think that his legal team have often presented him with the best case scenario of what could happen. And I don't think this would have featured in any of their conversations. But here we are. Judge US Captain had said recently that uh, this was the way to go. And it seems as though we will get a full trial in the autumn. So that's the latest. We will no doubt pick this up next week. And uh, here's the rest of the show. God save the
0: Queen! and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey, your host, and I'm joined by our lovely Russell Russell Myers. I said you're, that's a bad start. This wow. is not going to go well, is wow. it? Wow.
1: I love lovely. I will take it. I will take it. That's very kind. That's what I needed. I needed a, I needed a, a pep talk today, and that has been giving me a spring in my step, so thank you very much.
0: So, well, on that note, how's your birthday, Russell?
1: It was all right. Thanks very much. Not that I mentioned it. I got, I got <laughs> a bit of a ribbing on social media seeing as I had made a couple of posts, but it was very, very nice. And um, you know, thanks uh, thanks to my wife, because I probably wouldn't have done anything. I was being a bit of a misery guts about it. But um there were no there were no restrictions. We were able to go to a nice restaurant, able to go to a nice pub and see some people, and uh yeah, I had a very nice time. And thank you very much for all the love on our social medias because there was quite quite a lot. I got some <laughs> lovely messages from, yeah, from so the great and the good. It it. <laughs> well indeed, but I got some really nice messages and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you, thank you very, very much.
0: Oh, I'm glad you had a lovely day, but someone who also had a nice day and perhaps was might put you to shame a little bit with your celebrations. But Sophie Wessex spent the day volunteering, didn't she? Your birthday <laughs> twin. <laughs> I
1: do know this. I, got, I did get a text from one of my colleagues saying, "How are you spending oh. your birthday while <laughs> her Royal Highness is is volunteering?" Um, yeah, I mean, shout out to Sophie Wessex, ever the consummate professional, even on her birthday. Um, so yeah, she she did she did uh, she's got one up on me there. I must. Admit. <laughs>
0: So that's part of her. Obviously, last year she trained uh, with St John's Ambulance to be part of the UK's vaccine programme. So she is a care... I think it's a care volunteer, isn't it? So the people that, when you go in for your vaccine, explain what's going on, tell you where to go. So that was a lovely day, and she got a nice bunch of flowers, I think, didn't she, from some some of the other guests, which is lovely. But straight into what's been happening this week. Now, we're actually about five minutes before we ran in, we got some lovely photos from Kate's engagement today, didn't we? So we've looked at those very quickly because she is at Shout to mark a special anniversary today, isn't she?
1: She is. I'm just looking at them myself, actually. Um, So Shout, I mean, this is quite incredible, actually, because it's the the mental health tech service that uh, our listeners and readers will be very, very familiar with. And um, they have reached this incredible milestone of one million conversations with people in need and that is an extraordinary extraordinary effort I mean uh, so Kate Kate was going down to the uh, the centre in London she's meeting supervisors volunteers fundraisers not only sort of obviously thanking them for their incredible efforts throughout the pandemic but this is really a night and day um, project that has been going on Throughout the you know the darkest times of this crisis, and I'm sure this text messaging service that was sort of born out of the heads together, the mental health work that they do, has gone from strength to strength. And uh, you know, it's not only the UK's only 24 hour text messaging support service, um, offering help to. Those struggling to cope. Um, I mean, it's gone to, you know, from from fant- a fantastic idea to this incredible success that they've had. And uh, you know, when you just think about it, there's a million conversations with people. That might be anxious or stressed depressed or even suicidal in these moments of of crisis throughout the pandemic that we've um i think we've all had at certain issues but obviously some people just need a helping hand they might not be able to turn to to people that they know whether it's their colleagues whether it's their neighbors their family and so this service that has been born out of this this legacy, I suppose, from the Royal Foundation that actually gave them um, a grant to, to get started and obviously the Heads Together campaign. It's um it's gone on to, to provide that training for for the I think it was two, two and a half thousand volunteers to ensure you know that nobody is forced to face their problems alone. So um, fantastic that Kate is using one of her first engagements of the year to to celebrate this milestone and um and to thank all the people behind it because it has been an absolute gargantuan effort.
0: It's such a fantastic it was such a good idea and to see it doing so well is fantastic but what's also interesting about this is this was the first major kind of project that the Cambridges did with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle wasn't it it was the first kind of fab four venture as you were, weren't you? I remember we got the photos of the, they didn't go together, I don't think, but we got all the photos of them seeing different sides of it. So it must be quite a, a strange one, I guess, for Kate and William to celebrate this milestone, but obviously probably not how they envisioned celebrating it when they set it up back in, gosh, yeah, May, May 2019. 2019.
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, that seems like it. Well, it is it. I mean, such a long time ago it? and things also seem so simple back then when we were yeah. talking about the fab <laughs> forum what they could do for the for the royal family what they could do for the you know, the fantastic charities that they were supporting at the time and of course there has been a lot of water under the bridge that we've covered extensively and probably don't need to go into now but um i think it's it is very important for William and Kate, as part of the Royal Foundation, as part of their work with these sorts of charities, to still keep on highlighting the work that possibly would have been done with, you know, inverted commas, AFAB4 at the helm. Um, William and Harry, uh, sorry, Megan and Harry are going on to do one would assume fantastic things in that field mental health uh we haven't seen too much of them of late we'll come on to them in a minute but um i do i do think that there is still a huge capacity for them to to have great success um yes we haven't seen it too much recently there has been a bit of controversy this week that we'll come on to um but Archwell is very much a, a vehicle that is happening behind the scenes. And if you're going to launch a global charity, I would yeah, um, presume that is not an easy task to happen overnight, especially when you're just coming out of a, of a global pandemic. So I, I, I am certain that we will see big things from them over the course of the year.
0: Of course. Now, and what was looking at Kate's outfit? What did you spot? What did we have? Oh, oh, I mean, bingo? we
1: need some form <laughs> of huge drum roll, I think, because yeah. <laughs> I spy, I spy. I mean, it's kind of like a camouflage.
0: <laughs> She's trying to hide it from you. But it's you a camouflage pussy bow. It is.
1: And what would we call this dress?
0: So A this ca- is camo? it's kind of like a khaki green isn't it but it's by the US designer derek Lam um Lam I think yeah. it is but yeah it's a nice kind of leopard print but in the khaki green um midi length dress which is nice and it costs 350 pounds 355 pounds but it's on sale at the moment at oh. 159 pounds there you go bargains so, well, relatively, that's like fifty-five percent off. I think it's not bad. I'm I, saying this as if I've worked it up worked that out off the top of my head. I have. Got can that I just in my say,
1: I really like Kate's hair. Look at the volume.
0: It's great blow dry. <laughs> it's
1: absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Is that what happens when you blow dry your hair?
0: It, you have to start with a good base level of hair. Mine would not go like it's that. It's incredible, I right isn't it? It's amazing. It's just a very yeah, lots of volume in that which looks good, and some ten pound ASOS earrings. Oh well, was, I mean, it was, didn't we have a
1: seven pound pair of earrings from Accessorize last week or something? We
0: did so. She's you know, these are the, the spent more expensive ones she's gone for today. Is this a fashion <laughs> tip?
1: If you if you if you match a a sort of I wouldn't say i say inexpensive pair of high street earrings with an expensive dress, is that a fashion tip?
0: I um, I mean, I don't know, but they're very similar to actually the earrings I'm wearing today. So I'm going to take it as you know.
1: You're just you're, um, just, you're just wearing a bit. Oh, they are. Yes, take off your my earphones. Off. They're, they're almost identical.
0: I know what And I think you? actually mine might be a bit more expensive than. Mine, oh so mine oh wow! 15 pounds Wow I mean And
1: this wasn't even planned You didn't even know I What know. the Duchess was wearing That's well, extraordinary I
0: know. And I, I bet I was up And put them on before her Because I got up At about 6 this morning So I'm going to take it That I led that trend
1: And and 10. you are um, Listeners um, Zoe is in the studio You are actually I In can. a real studio I'm still at I home
0: should- Which is why I'm wearing earrings, because I have not worn earrings and locked (laughs) down. And proper clothes, one would hope. I know. (laughs) Anyway,
1: we digress, we digress. Yes,
0: we do. Sorry, so a great engagement for Kate today. Really nice to see her out and about. And so glad to see that uh, Shout is doing so well um, and helping so many people. But she also, Kate, um, is... What's, I don't know too much about this to be honest. You don't have to fill us in on this, but is she in line for potentially a new a new role? A very, very fancy sounding role. Well,
1: indeed. And this this is um come from the Sunday Times at the weekend. Um that the duchess of cambridge could indeed take on a historic new role now this is potentially to do with the fallout from the duke of york prince andrew has obviously had his uh, military titles and his remaining royal patronages stripped away from him um, after his latest legal woes being faced to f- um face that trial later on in the year we presume after uh, he is accused of sexual assault by virginia guffray now he did up until last week hold the title of Colonel of the Grenadier Guard or week before last actually Um, which has obviously been quite a historic and uh, very prestigious role within the royal family however Kate could become the first female colonel in the regiment's 366 year history so it's about time I would argue it really is and there is um, an, an argument that The role should normally go to a member of the royal family, wherever possible, who have served in the the armed forces. However, the word on the street, according to the Sunday Times, is that... After the Duke of York, who i don 't think was you know necessarily held in, in high regard over the last uh, couple of years after he's been handling his uh, his legal business, um that Kate is the preferred option now this would be quite an interesting position because obviously she is uh, a senior member of the royal family she 's held in, in tremendous regard by the associations that she represents at the moment, and it could create this historic role for her um, by becoming the first female colonel. And I think that is a tremendous role for her to take on. There obviously is discussions as to whether she will get any of Harry or Meghan's patronages, patronages that still have not been decided. I mean, that is, you know, we've been waiting for these for quite a while. So, that's still got to be sorted out you know whether she would take on one of the the, the rugby uh the rugby league um patronage that harry used to hold obviously william has the rugby union patronage um so and the football i think this will be another good one to take because the queen obviously does have quite a lot to sort out not only harry and megan's uh, remaining roles but we are led to believe that Andrew's roles will be redistributed between the family. There was a story knocking around this week that I was given a a steer on, that that was absolutely not the case, that if Andrew was to clear his name, let's say, in the court of law, I mean, he has defended himself. He has said that he is innocent of these allegations. He has vehemently denied them we shall see whether it does indeed get to court later on this year. But if there was a situation where he was too clear his name, would he be able to get his royal patronages back? I don't think, actually, I'm going to put my neck out. No, there is not a chance that that will happen because the Queen has taken this decision, we're led to believe, with with Andrew's um, full backing. I mean, he didn't really have a choice in it, but there won't be a situation where these... Roles are put on ice. Let's say I do think they will have to be redistributed, and uh, and I think that if Kate is slotted into that role, then um, it's quite it's quite a quite a good appointment, and um, it's it's not very contentious. The the Grenadier Guards are said to be fully behind it. So what's stopping them? And um, let's let's watch this space. It could be one of the first to be made.
0: I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because as you said, I I my thoughts that if Kate was to take on any of Meghan's um, patronages and the same with William and Harry like for example Meghan was royal pat- um, pa- patron of the Royal National Theatre wasn't she and I yes. think that there'd be so many comparisons would be made if they were handed over directly and swapped between wouldn't they whereas I guess kind of Kate taking on from Andrew as you said it's such a different role for her and such yeah. a different royal and someone with a different position in the royal family it feels like it would be more of a fresh start rather than taking over and you know everyone's saying oh kate's having to pick up that which i think is quite interesting but in terms of obviously you said that they try and give these military titles to members of the family who have served is this something you think that potentially harry would have been handed would he have been the obvious choice had they have not stepped back
1: yeah, I think that's quite a good shout, actually, because he well, he was Captain General of the Royal Marines. And this was uh, the role handed down to him by the Duke of Edinburgh when he retired in 2017. So, yes, Harry would have been a, potentially a perfect choice for it. But I think the royal family is moving in a different direction at the moment. Um, again, I, th- I, I sort of re- repeat that notion that it's, the first female colonel in the regiment's 366-year history. So, what better time to to do that now? What better person, if um, the Sunday Times article is correct, I have no doubt to believe that is the case. That um, that Kate would have the full backing of of the regiment. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a good. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would I would put a pound on it. Put it that way. <laughs>
0: Now, speaking of uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, they have been back in the headlines this week, haven't they, because of Spotify. Now, back in December... Oh, Lord. Oh,
1: Lord. (laughs) At least Daniel's awake.
0: Back in December 2020, we were very excited when we finally got the first episode of their Archwell audio podcast. They had loads of, you know, there they had all their pals. Elton John was on it. James Corden was on it. And we had Archie talking. We heard his little American accent for the first time, didn't we? But then nothing since. It's been a bit of a bit of silence on it. And lots of people have been asking what's happened. And this week, uh, we've heard that Spotify kind of, well, I think the phrase was, what was it? A taking taking it into their own hands. Take back, back yeah.
1: control. It sounds very Brexit, doesn't control. it? It, well, it sounds <laughs> very Brexit. I might have made that up, but uh, it sounds very Brexity. um Well, I mean, what are we? December twenty twenty. You said. Yep. Oh my gosh. I mean, if we didn't come out with a podcast for <laughs> for, for a year and a couple of months, I think we'd have lost all of all, all of our listeners. Um, it's been a long time and come on they've got some you know famous friends they've got some good projects going oh, uh, I mean I'm, abso- good, I'm absolutely astonished because it came out to big fanfare Art Trail Audio we're gonna you know just that jingle alone was enough to want you uh, leave you wanting more arguably um, so 18 million quid for a, a, a podcast <laughs> I mean yes the, the streaming giants have taken it into their own hands after little content emerged this, uh, this story appeared last week that the company are hiring a number of in-house producers to help them deliver on the deal after wanting after waiting rather more than a year for any material they're recruiting new staff to work with harry and Meghan's archwell audio in los angeles for a podcast that will v- feature the voices of high profile women well that sounds very very interesting
0: It does, it does sound like a really good project, but it's probably not what Spotify had in mind when they handed over that or when that, that
1: well, what did they have in mind? I mean, they what? They thought they were just going to get all their famous mates. Like, Well, that would have been quite cool. I, mean, I thought
0: it was going to be. I thought they were just going to be on the WhatsApp once a week and be like, oh, you're out, you know, like, oh, John, I, you know, what are you Oprah, up to? do you want to like pop Oprah. in and do this or Ellen, come in?
1: I mean, yeah, maybe, but it hasn't really worked out. And, know, you know, only they will know. There hasn't only really been any reasons as to. A why that has happened but Spotify uh, have um, deep pockets they have a lot of people at their disposal Um, and the reason this has come out is because there's been an advert for a senior producer role at Gimlet Project Spotify's in-house production arm which stating we're currently assembling a new show team that will build and launch a new original show with ArtRail featuring the voices of high profile women well Again, one may argue that uh, Harry and Megan are not experts in this field. Um, that was part of the criticism in the in the first instance, wasn't it? They've been given reported hundred million dollars from Spotify, as uh, from Netflix, another twenty five million dollars from Spotify, and yet we're yet to see um, the, uh, the any content. So there was. Where were they when they were pictured with the mics? Do you remember when they when they were pictured? Oh, New York! In New York. No, no, that was their recent trip to New York. Remember, in the autumn last year. Yes,
0: I'm thinking of the one of her where Megan's got the headphones on. That was a recording studio before they before they quit. Yeah, so we we
1: we think that we think that there obviously is a Netflix offering in the pipeline. Uh, We've got Invictus coming up, which is in April. So Harry was that would be presumably a good time to launch uh, a netflix show about invictus which i think would be very very interesting
0: well there's already the documentary that's coming up that is due i don't can't remember when the date is from that but there's the invictus games documentary and there's also megan's uh children's series as well so it feels like with netflix there's stuff more stuff feels like going on in the background doesn't there um, whereas oh, costume, I a bit more if it's excited. as
1: enthralling as the bench We can all uh, We'll all have to take the weekend off Because we'll have too much excitement Anyway I, I, I think that there will Certainly be pressure um, They can't sign Whether whether it's Like an NFL contract Whether you get a certain amount of up front And then you get X amount over the next 5 to 10 years Or whether it's um, you know A lump sum of we want to we want you on in the firm um because that is that is what Spotify were trying to do. You know, Joe Rogan's podcast, which is fantastic, they paid him, I think it was a hundred million dollars to, to come on board and then produce uh fantastic content because they want him part of the Spotify family. So if Spotify wanted to do that with Harry and Meghan, uh I don't know the breakdown of, of the fees. But surely, regardless of how much they're paying, there there are people talking about it, and um, I think there is there is certainly a degree of there would be a degree of pressure to come to come with content. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, if we did nothing, your bosses would be saying, why why are you doing nothing? So uh, anyway, we we wait with bait, we wait with bated breath.
0: I hope I'm quite. I hope that this means that there's going to be some excitement new content from them coming because this is the first one was great it you know spoke about lots of important issues but more importantly dan don't you get any ideas you're not allowed to abandon us to go for this new role oh i know can you imagine dan (laughs) sunning
1: himself in los angeles um what i will say after listening to two amazing podcasts which is diary of a ceo and uh the high performance podcast and that has been encompassing you know people high level people high level business leaders And they have, um, and and that's been people from the world of politics, from sport, from um, investment, the finance world. If there was, there does seem to be a gap in the market, actually, because there isn't necessarily, um, to my knowledge, I I could stand corrected. Maybe Oprah's done a podcast that I haven't listened to, but to my knowledge, there isn't any. One doing that about high-profile, very successful women that could uh, that Archwell and Spotify could really tap into. So, if that is the project, I think that will be really good, and that will be something that people will really tap into and listen to. So, if that's taken a year to 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 create, then then so be it. Because if they're going to get some big big names, then uh, then one would imagine that they'll be super super busy. So, so maybe I'll uh, I'll be looking forward to it.
0: Who would you like to see on it? Well, oh, certainly Michelle Obama
1: could do a good one. Michelle Obama, yeah. Oprah, yeah. I mean like high high you know I'm talking about high highly successful women who we got. Alicia Keys, um you, let's Britney Spears. Why wouldn't she she's just won her court battle hasn't she? Well, so that, that would be pretty be interesting. Um who else? Martha Stewart? She she's she's big in the US. I only know her cuz she did a podcast or a show with snoop dog i mean we're really going off beat now aren't we but <laughs> I don't really know um
0: but yeah no i think hopefully it'll be lots of fun things coming up and some great voices which will be fantastic and we'll obviously have to wait for our phone call for when we get invited to, to take kamala that. harris
1: nikki hadley, yes. hadley. she was the, the um the un secretary general
0: Oh, yeah. She was a UN
1: ambassador. She was a UN ambassador, and then she, yeah. she, she's she's out of politics now. That would be mm. very interesting. That's anyway, answers true. in a postcard. Yeah. Who would you like to interview? Maybe we'll get them on our show.
0: <laughs> now, moving on to Prince Andrew. So, you've got a couple of updates for us. So, I'm I think we're expecting expecting some more documents this evening. Which, in that annoying time delay, we always have. You'll probably be able to read more about them tomorrow than we know now. But what? Do you have any idea of what these new documents are yet?
1: Yes, I do actually. So, um, because I, I can, I can reveal these because we're in the space-time continuum. So, at um, six PM tonight on the on Wednesday, uh, there is going to be new documents filed in the United States, and this will essentially be the first time that Prince Andrew has put on record to the court. An official set of denials. I mean, his, his legal team have obviously said that he denies these allegations brought by Virginia Giffrey that uh, she claims she was forced to have sex with him um, on three occasions in 2001, which he's always vehemently denied. However, the way it has gone is that Virginia... Oh, I will pull myself up, actually, because someone has messaged on pod save the queen to say that i keep saying Dufresne wrong and i'm very sorry so i will correct myself virginia Dufresne. um her initial uh civil lawsuit document that was filed with the court had a list of uh points that she wanted to raise mentioning jeffrey epstein mentioning gillen maxwell mentoring prince andrew and about the allegations that we should forced to have sex with him now they have not necessarily been dealt with in a point by point basis by andrew's team they were arguing that firstly the the um their lawsuit should be thrown out then they argued about a domicile argument and they have raised certain points as to whether prince andrew should even be having to answer this uh these claims and allegations now none of that has succeeded the New York District Judge Lewis Kaplan said that um, Prince Andrew's arguments didn't hold any water in his court, that Prince Andrew had to go before a jury in a civil trial, which we believe will be later on this autumn. Now, when it just when it seemed that he'd run out of road, um, there may still be further uh, instances where they can argue against it going to trial. Of course, there could still be a settlement. I'm not sure whether Virginia uh, Dufresne's legal team would accept a settlement they they were sort of making noises that she definitely wanted to go to court i'm sure there is always a degree of money in these civil claims surely that is the argument that if you know, X amount of million pounds are put in front of someone that they would settle. However, this will be the first point where the Duke of York's lawyers go in a point-by-point basis denying the allegations. I don't think, from what I understand from speaking to people with knowledge of the case, that it's going to be anything other than deny, 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 deny. It's not going to be, you know, a full evaluation of the claims, providing facts and different statements as to why this um, isn't the case as to why he denies these allegations. So it is just a matter of record that these not do new documents being filed with the courts uh, are part of the process. And then we may see at a later date him further challenging her version of events. And I do think one of the main points in here is about the fact that she lives in Australia. She had to deliver to the court back uh, about 10 days ago now, on the 14th. Um, 14th of January, what were her living arrangements? Where was she domiciled? It has been widely reported and accepted that she's lived in Australia since 2002. However, the domicile argument in US federal law does state that at least one of the parties must be domiciled in the US. Now, the documents state that she uh, is a resident of Colorado. Whether that um, holds any water the judge, well, the judge certainly thought they did because he chucked out Andrew's team's arguments to say that she wasn't domiciled in the US and therefore couldn't bring the case. Will they make more of a deal out of it if she is uh, is living in the U in, in Australia? Well, they have before, and the judge threw it out. Maybe they will again. Um, I don't think we've heard. Certainly, the last of, of them trying to to fight this case going to trial. Um, so, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at the moment. I, I, again, I just don't. I just don't think we've 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 heard the the last of it. But. Now you 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 mentioned his legal woes. It was reported this week um, about the ski lodge. I think you wanted to talk about that a little bit.
0: Yes. So you obviously had the first story with it about the fact that he was selling it, and we originally thought it was going to be to cover, you know, some of the huge legal costs, didn't we? Yes. But now uh, our colleague, our US editor, uh, Christopher Buckton, has um, spoken to a lawyer who thinks it might be for diff- the sale might be for different reasons.
1: Yeah. It's interesting this because certainly. Let's look at the, the facts of what we know. He owned this 18 million pounds mansion, this chalet in Verbier in the exclusive Swiss ski resort. He was selling that. He already owed about, let's say, six million give or take on the original purchase that he had to give back to the original owner. She has said that has, that debt has been settled I mean, still a bit of a gray area as to whether this whole deal has gone through. My reading of the situation was she said it'd been settled. There had been an agreement in order to, in order to not rock the boat. Uh, I think the latest that I knew was that the sale still hadn't been, you know, triple signed. It had not been completed, as it were. Uh, there had been an exchange of contracts, but not completed. They were still waiting for that to happen. Now. If he is going to be paying a, a settlement or an award, I mean, he could win the case. Of course, it could still not go to trial. She could, Virginia Giffray could still decide that she doesn't want to go through with it. That seems quite fanciful at the moment, and the likelihood scenario, reading between the lines, is a potential settlement or um, you know, or, or an award of the court. Uh, if that was to happen he'd be looking at something in the region of about 10 million pounds. So he's not going to get much change left from his 17 pound, 17 million pounds sale. Then there was the
0: argument
1: argument that the queen had bought this in some sort of uh, complex financial affair that she'd loaned him the money. I mean, whether this is here or there, he, he is, I am told, paying his legal fees. He's, he's got to have, some form of perch or, or cash ready to show that he could potentially make a settlement, that he could go to court and pay something if it was awarded. I mean, again, I, I understand there's a lot of what ifs, whys, and where's in this, and we sounds like we're sort of jumping from one to the next uh, most of the time. But it, but it is quite an interesting case because he could, of course, decide. Well, I'm not even going to contest this. I'm not going to pay, I'm not going to even you know, grace the court with my presence, I'm not even going to listen to it. And then she does, for Virginia we would have to chase him through the courts in order to achieve that financial settlement. Anyway, I think that's a long way off. Now, this lawyer was saying, uh, lawyer Spendekuvin was saying, that he believed that the chalet was being sold in order to shield the assets away from his sex abuse accuser, that being Virginia Giffray, and this essentially means that if he was to proceed with the court case that he then would have no assets potential assets of that value, that it wouldn't be then worth pursuing him with. That I'm not sure, because it could still be that he's still got a lot of money, He sold his Um, but uh, another mansion in Sunningdale and Berkshire for 15 million quid a few years ago. Where is the money from that? Undoubtedly, he's going to have huge legal bills. They're they're rumored to be about between three and five million at the moment. I mean, these are eye watering (laughs) figures. So um, I've said before, he's going to need deep pockets to try and settle this one way or the other, whether it's through legal fees or whether it's with a a settlement. Um, Again, we're, we're none the wiser, but We can't really go into detail with these court documents at the moment because we don't know them, but if you are listening to this on Thursday or after Thursday, then you will be able to go on the website and I imagine it will be all over the internet that you will be able to devour what these new court documents um, on hold.
0: Right, so another another huge technical detail there, isn't it? And I'm really intrigued to see what these new papers say. But away from that, uh Prince Charles had a, a very emotional outing, didn't he, to mark Holocaust Memorial Day?
1: Well, yes. I mean, this project is uh fantastic. It's it's extraordinary actually. And it's um part of prince charles's efforts to commemorate the holocaust memorial day which is on thursday the 27th um and he commissioned seven portraits which will be in a special defla- display called surviving the holocaust that will be a living memorial to the six million men women and children who lost their lives to nazi genocide and whose stories in a way all those stories could never be told and these The memorials and tributes such as this are a testament to their extraordinary struggle and to the people who survived and whose numbers are very, very sadly dwindling away. And um, part of this was Prince Charles meeting some Holocaust survivors that, um, that showed them their concentration camp tattoos. There was one woman called Lily Ebert who's 98. She met Charles at the Queens gallery in London this week um, as part of the new portrait. She features in one of the portraits along with six others commissioned by the prince and she not only showed Charles her her tattoo but also showed him a gold medallion belonging to her mother who was murdered um, by the Nazis at, uh, at one of the concentration camps um, that she smuggled she managed to smuggle out of Auschwitz uh, and an extraordinary story we'll be covering this in quite some detail in the paper and online. And I'm sure a lot of my colleagues will be as well. And if you, you don't get to read our fantastic coverage, you will be able to see a fantastic documentary, which is covering this and covering Prince Charles's journey to ha- um, commissioning these portraits, commissioning the, uh, the documentary being shown on BBC Two, which is also tomorrow, Thursday, 9pm, celebrating or commemorating National Holocaust Memorial Day as it will be marked across the country as well. Uh, And if you haven't seen it, uh, some of my colleagues have been given an early version and they say it is very, very moving indeed. And some of the stories are just absolutely extraordinary. So please do go and check it out.
0: It's such a good project, isn't it? Like I said, I haven't seen any of it yet, um, either same as you, but it's something that I haven't really appreciated too much until recent years of when I was a kid and when I was learning about Obviously, the wars and the Holocaust. We had, we were lucky enough to have survivors come into school and talk to us about it, and we could hear those first-hand accounts. But in generations to come, or potentially even kind of a few, you know, the next generation, they won't have that. So all these extra resources, you know, these portraits, different accounts, are going to be even more important to make sure that that part of history, you know, that awful part of history, is still remembered and, you know. Commemorated properly, it's I, you know. I think that's, of course.
1: Cool. I mean, it, uh, the, the, when you look at the numbers, of, of d- dwindling of survivors from the uh, from the Nazi genocide, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking, and I think that that is part of the the issue of creating lasting memorials. And I've been to Yad Vashem in Israel, and it's um, a, a, an absolutely extraordinary place. And it really hits home when you're listening to the stories and listening to not only survivors, but the relatives of survivors about how important it is to to hold this legacy um, and to do everything we can to educate future generations and especially you know, the younger generations who who won't have been ex- exposed to to, to anything as horrific as this uh, and that they do understand what had happened before them um so yes bbc2 thursday 9 p.m and we'll be covering it in um, in some depth as well
0: now we had news of another royal trip this week because prince william's off to dubai isn't he which he is. I'm, i was a bit surprised to see that as a a royal tour venue however kind of as i read a bit more about it it makes a bit more sense but it was yeah i just wasn't expecting to to see it and it's his first i think it's his first major overseas visit since he went to the middle east isn't it
1: yes it is it's going to be his first visit to the united arab emirates it is uh in conjunction with the dubai expo that is i've been checking it out actually because dubai expo um is not just a, this. What someone said to me yesterday. It's not just a conference center. It is an absolutely extraordinary exhibition of different countries setting up the best of their nations in one place. It's got a load of interactive, real technological um, stuff to look out for. It's a really good interactive platform. Where you can look at all the videos from the expo, and um, you know, William is going not only there to, as well, on behalf of the British government. I mean, one may. Argue that it's a long way to go just for just for one day, but I think he is going to be packing an awful lot in to uh, to the trip because he's not only visiting the expo; it is going to be uh, the UK sort of takeover of the of the expo for the day, which will be very very interesting. But also, he's going to be discussing Earthshot, lots to do with the environment. Um, the, the expo has been doing uh, an incredible amount of environmental. Um, projects to do with the, the Dubai XO. I think it's been going since last October and I think it finishes in March. So we are seeing it all coming to to a head now. And especially with Earthshot launching its new platform, um, asking for different you know entries to, to come forward. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. So I may be going. We we will we will we will Ooh. see we will see. I'm really hoping to go. I'm just waiting. We don't really know too much about it so let's just see what happens um in the next couple of weeks I think they're all they're still working through his schedule and what we will uh, be potentially seeing the locations and what have you but yeah, I think I think the, the expo looks like a really really exciting project, and um, if he is spreading the word about British engineering technology, then that could be great for the for the British government. Certainly, we haven't got Prince Andrew doing a trade envoy role at, at the moment, so maybe William's got to attach that to his list of uh, list of jobs. But certainly, the environment and Earthshot is going to be a big part of that that that, that trip and his work moving forward
0: yeah as you said it's a huge event i went to dubai in just before the pandemic oh started, you did, so you did? I went, yeah i went in january 2020 and even then they were plugging it promotion there were billboards everywhere and that was obviously months and months before it all started but have you been before
1: i've not i've not been to dubai uh, and I, do you know if what you
0: do you need to do a bottomless brunch <laughs> the Brunches there are incredible. One of I, I, the best, yeah. I think I'll be
1: working if I go for the a yeah, day or two. You and
0: Vogler can sneak off and do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, do yeah I'll bear there. it in mind. Maybe not bottomless, but just the, the the scale of all the food they do. Like you know, it's not like a buffet. There's like a seafood counter. Oh my word. Places.
1: Well I have always been interested to go actually because you know what 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 has man built out of nothing I've always been quite intrigued to see what it's like and I'm sure it's not just all reality TV stars lounging around the pool there's actually quite an awful lot to uh, to take in uh, and especially with the expo I'm sure that there'll be lots of things on offer so once again as I always say watch this space
0: and that's about it for this week. So thank you very much to all our listeners for joining us. As always, we are on Instagram and Twitter at PodSave. And until next time.
1: Pod Save the Queen!